episode 107 of Above Ground Podcast with guest Dr. Holly Schoenberger. Yeah, I'm honored, truly, you know, and stuff like this that helps me come full circle. And I think on, you know, all the stuff that's happened in my life to, to me or to loved ones or whoever, and, you know, the strain from that and the, the suffering from all of that. And then, you know, to be in a place like this, being able to share these experiences, it, you know, it makes, it makes stuff like that worth it. Disclaimer, the host of this podcast, Timothy Patrick and Will Foley are by no means medical professionals. However, Having lived experience with mental illness themselves, they have gained useful perspectives on common mental health issues that some of us struggle to overcome on a daily basis. By sharing their stories, they hope to create connection. By creating connection, they hope to help you find your purpose. And through purpose, we can all begin to build the foundation for positive mental health. This is Above Ground Podcast. Are you ready to lace up your boots, throw up your horns, and jump into the pit? Then let's stomp the stigmas of mental illness. It's time for Above Ground Podcast. Now, Will Foley and Timothy Patrick. Hey, what is up, everyone? Welcome to episode 107 Above Ground Podcast, because you can't serve below and to the fine person who sent us a Facebook message asking us to come clean your pool. Uh, This is not about above ground pools, just FYI. But you know what it is about. It's about mental health. And you know how you can support us? You can go to closeknitco.com and get yourself a t-shirt because after all, we are two days into summer. And what else better for summer than a t-shirt for the daytime, for your boat trip, for your racetrack, for your just hanging out, for your doing your yard work. Get yourself a nice Be Well, Be Safe, Be Above t-shirt, man. Go to closeknitco.com and go to Collabex and pick them up. Pick up a t-shirt or a hoodie. Help support the show. Help support some small business, too. Dan and Natalie will appreciate it, and so will TPP and I. So closeknitco.com for your above-ground podcast swag. Also, don't forget to please... Follow us, like us, um, and all that other stuff on all the social medias on Facebook at Above Ground Podcast, uh, also Instagram, also Tumblr, uh, Above Ground Pod on Twitter, and YouTube is also Above Ground Podcast, and you can get every episode, well, all the episodes since they started hosting them on YouTube a while ago. But uh, also, this week is a big week for the show and for myself because a song that I debuted on the show way back last year, uh, Memoir, Despair and Mayhem, actually comes out on Friday, June 25th to all of the streaming services and everywhere, um, everywhere that you're streaming, man. Spotify, Deezer, Pandora, all those places. The song comes out. um, I want to give a big, huge shout out to Kevin Maloney from The Final Sleep and from Jason Bordeaux of Drift Productions for helping me get this track together, man. Uh, Kevin played lead and engineered and sang back up and uh, helped me get the song together, man, to get out to you guys. I'm going to leave you on the way into the interview with a little sneak preview of the song. But please, uh, Friday, go to Amazon, go to Spotify, go anywhere you can find it. You can find it on all my social media, too, and I'll share it on the Above Ground page. And until then, you know... We're going to leave you with a little preview of it. And Dr. Holly Schoenberger. 
down on my knees begging for approval from a captor I can name this ain't fiction it's a real life horror show despair and mayhem raised between the Scene from the midnight movies of my life. Unmastered villain. I'm holding the knife. So my name is Dr. Holly Schoenberger. I'm a chiropractor. Um, I'm originally from the East Coast of the US. I grew up in Northern Virginia, right outside DC. Um, I went to George Mason University, did my undergrad there in psychology. I got my doctorate from Life Chiropractic College West, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, and I, why I got into chiropractic, it's kind of a loaded question, but uh, generally speaking, uh, my mom was a, a professional dancer. And so she took me to the chiropractor all growing up because uh, I played a ton of sports. I was really active as a kid and she put me under care to help me with injuries and performance and stuff. And so when I started playing sports a little bit more intensely, um, I'd go and see the chiropractor a lot. And I noticed that I was able to stay on the field uh, longer than a lot of my other teammates. And I recovered from injuries more quickly. The, the really big impactful thing that happened for me was when I was 18, I was actually diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. Uh, I was a, I was a catcher and I got hit by a lot of foul balls over and over again uh, in a very short period of time. And I ended up getting 12 in a year. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it ended, it ended my, uh, I very briefly played in college my freshman year, but it ended my, my college career. Um, I was in a hospital for a while. Uh, I almost went to a coma. I was really, really sick. From there, I went to a lot of different doctors, neurologists, like saw everyone you could imagine seeing. And I learned a lot about my situation and what was going on, but no one was really able to help me. Uh, I was on a ton of different medications for migraines, vertigo, anxiety, depression, the inability to sleep, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and I was 18 and I kind of felt like my life had just ended, you know, like I was preparing to be an athlete in college. I was playing for, uh, a really well-known and successful division three team. So I was excited to be in a position to like compete for a national championship and all that kind of just got blown up in my face. And yeah, I had to drop out of college. Like I couldn't do anything. I was basically on bed rest. Um, and then the chiropractor who I'd been seeing my whole life, I went back to see him because I uh, was having really bad menstrual cramps, you know, like six months after my injury. And I told him everything that happened. And, uh, uh, this chiropractor and I, I mean, he's like my uncle, like I've known him since I was 11, you know, like he, we, we go way back and he just kind of looked at me and laughed and he was like, you had a brain injury and you never thought to come in here to see me. And it was kind of this, like <laughs> this silly moment of like, wow, <laughs> uh, the person who I felt who, like, I realized could have helped me through a lot of this has been sitting right in front of my face for, my whole life right that's usually um, the way it is too. yeah so then I started seeing him uh really consistently about three times a week for like six months uh slowly but surely I got off all my medications most of my symptoms went away I enrolled back in college 
Um, I started playing sports again. I started coaching. I, I slow, slow and steady got my life back, but impactful experience for me. And then when I graduated from college uh, with having a psychology degree, I was like, do I want to go into therapy and counseling? Do I want to be a sports psychologist? Because I've, you know, athletics has been such a big part of my life. And then I actually moved to Austin, Texas, worked in an orthopedic surgeon office, loved it, learned a ton. But while I was there, I, <laughs> I noticed that I kept telling, wanting to tell people that they should go see a chiropractor. And I was like, <laughs> maybe I'm in the wrong place. Got in contact with a couple of chiropractors in Austin, uh, chatted with them. And they were like, you should really consider like becoming a chiropractor. Like you are like a quintessential, like stereotypical uh, person who goes to chiropractic school. Like they have a life-changing event. Chiropractic changes their life. They get their life back and then they decide to become a chiropractor in turn. So, and wow. here I am about 10 years later from, from the whole beginning of the concussions to now, it was about, actually it was closer to 12, 13 years. What a way to find a life path. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's usually the way it happens sense. though. That's usually the way it happens. Um, totally. So you were, you were, I, I'm a softball catcher. And mm -hmm. how, how, so you've been playing pretty much your whole entire life, right? Yeah. yeah. Softball. So I played baseball growing up, actually, because okay. uh, I was really athletic. And my dad was like, you should play with boys because they'll make you better. And he, he was right. So I, I, I played baseball uh, and then from like T-ball all the way through until high school age and then in middle school, basically, my parents were like, maybe you should make the transition to softball so that when you get to high school, you already have played a little bit of it before you play it in high school. Basketball and baseball were my, uh, basketball and softball were my big ones. And then in high school, I had to choose between the two because I knew that I wanted to go on and play in college. And I realized I had a better shot playing softball and I just loved it. It was, it was, it was like I was meant to be on the field doing what I was doing. So, so from traumatic brain injury mm -hmm. to, to dropping it, having being forced to leave college to mm -hmm. finding your life path. I, I just, yeah. I, I watched your interview on YouTube with mm -hmm. Dr. Lance and yeah. I started to write down a bunch of questions and stuff, sure. but I wanted to start though, where Tim sort of got his first introduction to you mm -hmm. and, and talk about the vagus nerve and what the vagus nerve is. And yeah see where we can branch out from there. Cause I have a lot of questions about the network. For sure. Final for sure. Stuff, yeah. So I, I think also too, it'd be helpful to just start with like a really simple background on chiropractic. So everyone's kind of on the same page. Yeah. Sure. So a lot of people think that chiropractors just specifically treat people for neck pain and back pain and basically pain. And while in many ways that's true, our entire education is actually around the central nervous system, which is the brain and the spinal cord. When a sperm and an egg meet, right, they start multiplying into multiple cells. And then from there, you have this thing that's formed called the neural tube. The neural tube ends up creating the brain and the spinal cord. So essentially, the central nervous system is the first thing that forms in an embryo or a human body. And then from that, you have all the other organs and tissues that grow. And so we like to talk about the nervous system being the master system. It controls every single function that happens in our body. Um, without the central nervous system, we can't survive. Something cool to note is the brain and the spinal cord are the only structures in the whole human body that are fully surrounded by bone. And it's because of how important they are, right? They, the, the bone acts as like armor for them. So um, 
our, our main focus is making sure that the nerves that flow from the brain and the spinal cord out to every tissue organ cell can function properly because if the communication between the brain and an organ on the receiving end is not clear, then messages can get distorted and then our bodies might not function properly. So what can happen is a bone in the spine can slightly go out of alignment, which is what we call a subluxation. And when that happens, it can apply pressure irritation to the nerve that's going to a certain organ or a certain system. And so if you have a subluxation for days, months, years, and that communication gets distorted over a long period of time, then certain things can settle in like symptoms or dysfunction of an organ, pain, fatigue. And there's like a whole, a whole entire uh, smorgasbord essentially of symptoms that someone can experience. And so I'm relating to this very, I'm relating mm-hmm. to a lot of this because I have yeah. some big issues in there. So totally. Uh, most a lot of people do right and so yeah uh people while we do help people with pain it's not like we are searching for people's pain or we're pain seekers it's more like okay i'm going to check your spine i'm going to make sure that you don't have any subluxations that your spine is clear of interference is what also a thing that we like to say to make sure that all of those nerves can function properly and that your brain can properly communicate with your entire body and if you've had a subluxation, one of the things that can pop up over time is pain. So that's why people inevitably end up coming to us, but it's not like we, we, like we don't treat pain necessarily. Yeah. I was actually told that I shouldn't see a chiropractor for my neck because I was yeah, fused and I, and, yeah. and to be honest with you, I've been afraid to go to the chiropractor, mm-hmm. even though I think that there's probably some things that a chiropractor could really help me with. Totally. And I'm hoping that you can dispel some of the myths as opposed yeah. to some of the, as we go on. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. I, I think, I think it's a valid concern if there's never been proper education, right? So sure. this, this concept of having your, your neck cracked or it turned or whatever, like that can be scary for people. And I can totally relate. Like when I had my brain injury, if someone was going to aggressively adjust my neck, I would have projectile vomited everywhere because, right. you know, my, my, my neck and my head were so sensitive at that point. Um, and so there is like, I don't even know how many techniques there are, but there are several dozen, if not more techniques all throughout chiropractic. Some are extremely gentle, some are a little bit more aggressive um, and they all work, which is why they're all still around. But Specifically speaking, people who've had fusions or who have who struggle with migraines or vertigo or might just have a really sensitive system, those people tend to have better results under a much more low force type of chiropractic care, which is the type of chiropractic that I do and the type of chiropractic that I personally receive. Um, I have colleagues right now who do a little bit more of the aggressive type of adjusting um, and they see great results as well. It just really depends, like, right, like we're all different everybody's different. Everyone has different needs. Everyone's body's built a little bit different. So depending on the individual and what they've been through in their life, you know, how much stress they're under, et cetera, they might excel under a certain type of technique. I I have to say the technique that you practice, um, Mm -hmm. I watched a couple of videos that you sent me the links for, Mm -hmm. and I actually found, um, Donnie, uh, 
Donnie Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie Epstein's some of Donnie Epstein's epi energetics videos. Yeah. And I watched a video yesterday called Threshold, where he let people in to see him do what he calls the gate. Mm-hmm. Yep. And exactly. I, I had such a visceral reaction to it that I found I was crying. This whole thing for me was was years ago that um, I had an a incident and um, and it's kind of kind of going back to yes the marauders nap yep <laughs> yes. so so going back to kind of what you were saying earlier like i i saw specialist after specialist and and you know different different people from chiropractic to cardiologist to, and, and no one could really give me a, a an answer so mm-hmm. um so i kind of just dropped it like i did a lot of research myself um and then i just kind of dropped it until um, somewhat recently when I, when I kind of found out that mental health and, you know, there's a, there's a correlation with mental health and, you know, obviously the nervous system, the vagus nerve mm-hmm. being the biggest, biggest nerve. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If you could just kind of, you know, touch on that sure. stuff a little bit would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'd be happy to. So starting off with the vagus nerve, the vagus nerve is the like the the nerve highway that basically runs through your torso or your thorax and it goes through most of the major organs in the thorax area so the stomach the diaphragm the lungs uh it's basically like the lung highway of the upper body uh and we have these two different nervous systems that are called sympathetic and parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous system is like your fight or flight nervous system. This is like a very primally based nervous system that is meant to turn on or get kicked into gear. If you were to like, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago, if you were out hunting and you saw like a tiger, right? So when this nervous system kicks in, your blood to your stomach actually gets redirected to your legs and your limbs because you don't need to worry about digesting food if you're running away from a tiger. Um, Your frontal lobe shuts off because you don't need to use higher end cognitive logical thinking when you're running away from a tiger. Your pupils dilate so you can see better in all directions. Um, And being in this, like your adrenaline starts pumping, cortisol starts pumping to get you to be able to move your body so you can run away from the thing that could be threatening your life, right? Um, And then you have your parasympathetic nervous system, which is also known as rest and digest. So when you're in this nervous system, or when when you're in this state of nervous system, you digest your food, you sleep, you rest, and you recuperate. And so at large, generally speaking, our world, our modern life has become so stressful in so many ways that people are dominantly in a sympathetic state, basically 24 seven, or if not that, then a majority of the time. So a majority of the time people are stressed out, anxious, feeling like they're running away from a tiger. Uh, They're not in a state to sleep well. They're not in a state to digest their food. And when your nervous system is essentially on the fritz like this 24 seven and cortisol is pumping, cortisol is a stress hormone, right? If that's pumping 24 seven, that can lead to adrenal fatigue. You know, there's like so many things that can kind of cascade down from being in a sympathetic state, which we're really only supposed to be in, in like absolute emergency situations 
or if like, you know, we get in a car accident or like something that warrants that type of response, or we receive really intense news on the phone and your heart starts pumping really fast and your blood's going, and you're like, okay, what the hell's going on? Right. But with things that are now with us in the time that we live in, people are just in the state all the time. Uh, and it's really, really, really unhealthy. Um, and then as far as where the vagus nerve ties into all this, the vagus nerve is connected directly to the parasympathetic or the rest and digest nervous system. And so in the, in the neck, in the area of the neck and the area of the pelvis or the sacrum, the bottom of the spine, that's where our parasympathetic nerves live. And so when the neck or the bottom of the spine um, get accessed or turned on or worked with, whether it's acupuncture or chiropractic or massage or whatever, we tend to go in a rest and digest state, which is why after you receive those treatments, typically speaking, you might feel sleepy or tired or relaxed. Um, but when the, the vagus nerve gets stimulated and it can be stimulated through a multitude of different ways, singing is a great one, humming, gargling, or receiving any of the body work that I just mentioned, the vagus nerve kicks on and it kind of acts as like an override to just put the whole system in a parasympathetic state. Um, and so, like I said, the majority of the time we want to be in a parasympathetic state because if you're in a sympathetic state or a fight or flight state and you try and eat food and your body's not ready to digest it and you do that three times a day, every day for several months or even years, you might end up with gastrointestinal issues, right? Um, so there's there's kind of this myriad of all these things that can happen. Uh, but the main thing uh, and the most beautiful thing about the vagus nerve is that it opens this entire door to like this one nerve pathway, essentially being the thing that can help your body enter this state that we're meant to be in, this rest and digest state that actually allows us to sleep properly and get into the, the deep sleep that we need to actually recover from our day recover from stress, um, recover from working out, whatever it might be. Um, and so that's where specifically the vagus nerve comes into play is being able to help people reach a parasympathetic state. And like, that's why breath work is so, uh, effective and has become such a big thing is because when we, when we breathe naturally, when we do breath work, we're stimulating the vagus nerve by way of the diaphragm. And when that happens and our body's in a relaxed state, we're able to do so many things in our life with a much more clear head than we would be if we were in, in a, a, a sympathetic state or running from a tiger, essentially. So I, ideally, would you say you want like a balance between like a, you know, an, an active right. vagus nerve and an inactive, you know, or underactive I Right. I mean, generally speaking, in my personal opinion, you would want to be in a rest and digest state about 80% of the time. And so right now it's kind of flipped to where we're in a sympathetic state 80% of the time, which is why people who have really bad anxiety, like struggle to sleep. And if you struggle to sleep every day, again, for months or years, you know, that shit adds up, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, yeah that's like a whole other realm of stress on the system right right um so you you want to have ideally speaking you'd like to have your vagus nerve be activated a lot but th this is also another thing where when people feel really stressed they want to eat yeah sometimes when i feel really stressed i want to eat because my body knows that if i eat my vagus nerve is going to get stimulated 
No kidding. Right? So there's all these different ways that our body's trying to communicate with us, our conscious mind to say, Hey, like <laughs> I need help. <laughs> um, or I want my vagus nerve to be stimulated so the body can relax for a moment. Um, and that's, it's not the only reason, obviously, but it's one of the big reasons why people eat when, when they feel stressed is because their body's like aching for that moment to just be able to relax. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So we got, so we got to start listening to our body is what you're saying. That's really the biggest thing for me. It's like, we're, we're getting to a point where the ego or the conscious mind is like driving so much of what we're doing all the time, no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter what your work is, it doesn't matter. The, the, the conscious mind and the ego is starting to drive so much of what we do. And there's becoming such a separation from uh, like this, in, this intuitive way of living of like, what is our body telling us? What kind of food does it want? When does it need rest, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I could go on for hours. <laughs> Homeostasis basically, right? Yeah. In a way, in a way, I mean, we're constantly ebbing and flowing, which is a good thing because I think almost in a way, true homeostasis or true, just like straight across the board is it arguably could also be viewed as death because no change is happening, but there's changes constantly happening in our bodies every second of every day, even when we're sleeping. Right. And that just comes back to the beauty of the human body. Like there's so many things that our body is doing for us when we're not telling it to, when we're not thinking about it. I mean, it's like wild to me that we sleep for eight hours a night and our body still just goes on and does all these things that we don't even have to tell it to do. It just knows how to do it. It's like, how do we go to sleep and not die? You know, like it's, <laughs> it, it's, so, it's just, so, it's so interesting to me. I, I, yeah. I don't want to make this about me at all, but I do have a question on, I guess my, sure. I'm, I'm wondering like if someone like for me that has passed out mm-hmm. and it, the vagus nerve related and, is that, is that an overstimulation or is that an under? Yeah. To be honest with you, directly related to that question, I'm not sure. It would, I'd have to like do an exam. But, okay, that's um, fine. So one thing I do know, one thing that I can say is that when it comes to the human body or even the human mind, it's hardly ever just like one thing that is the ticket to something being answered, right? So I wish I had a spine model with me, but I don't. But up through the cervical spine or the neck, you have an artery there called the vertebral artery. And it runs up the side of the neck on both sides and then comes up through the foramen magnum, which is the big hole in the base of your skull that your spine runs through. And then the artery comes up through there and then it basically supplies blood to the entire brain. So this is like arguably one of, if not the most important arteries in your body. And if you have, like I was talking about earlier, if you have a misalignment in your spine or a subluxation in your spine, especially in the neck somewhere that's applying a lot of pressure or pulling that artery in one direction or the other, it can make it harder for the blood to be pumped up into the brain adequately and on time in the way that it's meant to. Um, and so in like specifically in chiropractic offices or even in my personal experience, people will come in and will have pretty gnarly subluxations of the first bone in the top of the neck was referred to as the first cervical vertebra or atlas. Uh, it's the, it's the last bone that the artery passes through in order to get to the brain. Um, and if in many cases that bone is aligned in such a way, like from a car accident or a sports injury, or they fell on their head when they were a kid, or I mean, like literally whatever, um, that it's kind of tugging on the artery 
and it's making it harder for the blood to flow to the brain. So when that happens, again, you can have symptoms like migraines, vertigo, dizziness, like random onsets of dizziness, um, hypoxia, not enough blood is literally getting, not enough air is getting to the brain, all these different things. And one of those things could be passing out. So it's like a part of it could be the vagus nerve and a part of it could be just like your brain regularly isn't getting enough blood because of the anatomical alignment of your neck is not allowing the blood to flow properly up into your head. Um, and I would say the majority of people we see from migraines or headaches or even head injuries, specifically whiplash, anything like that, the majority of them have some type of misalignment in, in the top of their neck, which is impeding the, the body's ability to pump adequate blood up to the brain. I'm curious to know what that type of injury and repair and then mm -hmm. disrepair does to your mental state. And does it exacerbate issues that you already had that you didn't know you had? Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really curious to know what your opinion is and what you found in your, in your practice and stuff about people, because we are, we all are energetic beings. I mean, we're yep. all energy and yep. that energy is getting impeded one way or another. Mm -hmm. So specifically, you're wondering, like, if you have plates or metal in your body, like from an injury, how that could impact sure, the spine? Sure. Is that, had, is that like, what you're asking? Yeah, I mean, I don't sure. have, I don't have, I forget exactly how they fused me, but they only did a mm -hmm. partial disectomy. So okay. I still have parts of the discs that were originally herniated, which are still mm -hmm. herniated. And then yeah. I'm herniated at the spot where I'm fused on both the top and the bottom. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think really quick, I think what, um, it's not necessarily the effects of the spine, but like the effects on, on our mental, you know, on our mental state, our mental well being. you know? Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. That. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the first place I'd like to answer that question is talking about the brainstem. So your brainstem is at the very base of your brain and is basically the last uh, like solid structural part of your brain before it turn before your brain turns into the spinal cord and has all like, we call it like, it kind of looks like a horse's tail. Yep. Um, so the, the brainstem is at the very base and the second cervical vertebra is actually housing the brain, the brainstem, the first and second. Um, so the brainstem kind of sits inside those two bones before it turns into the spinal cord. And what I've seen a lot of and what we're starting to understand is if the cervical spine, specifically those two bones are subluxated in a way where they might be applying physical pressure to the brainstem, that's where a lot of people are starting to experience anxiety, a lot of anxiety. And then furthermore, the brainstem is the place that's responsible for basically the autonomic nervous system or the automatic nervous system, I like to call it, which is like blinking, breathing, heart beating, lungs expanding and, con and, and contracting, you know, basically all the functions of our digesting our food, like all these things that we don't have to think about to tell our body to do just naturally does it. Most of those things come from the area of the brainstem. And so uh, when you have a physical pressure being applied to the brainstem, it's also an area of fight or flight, then that physical pressure can literally turn into people having panic attacks, having really bad anxiety, having depression issues, having mood disorders, like the, the, the whole 
onslaught of mental health can then be viewed through through that. And not to say I like, you know, I can't sit here and say that this like A plus B equals C, right? Like it's not that simple. But we do know, like I have seen a lot of people in my days and the time I've spent in chiropractic who uh, have one of those two bones applying pressure to the brainstem. They've complained of panic attacks, severe anxiety, social anxiety, work anxiety, whatever the case may be. They can't sleep. They get adjusted. There's no more, no longer pressure on the brainstem, and it's like they're back to normal. Wow. Um, yeah. Is it is it is it really that quick? Like after being adjusted, it really. It can be. Um, wow. I've, I've seen it both ways. I've seen it be almost immediate to where like the person came back in and said that the last week of their life, they like were in a completely new person and like didn't have any anxiety at all. Um, wow. I've seen, I've seen where it takes some time. It takes a few months because again, like I said earlier, it's not just like, there's hardly ever just one thing that's the right, thing, right. right. So it could be that that was a part of it. And they're also recovering from losing a loved one from death. Right. So there's so many layers there. Like right. humans are so complex, you know? So, but We're then when you talk about, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but then as far no. as the mental health thing too, uh, just want to expand on that a touch. What I know is that, cause when I was going through my, my personal issues with, uh, my brain injury and also like, uh, here and there, a bit of a rough childhood, being gay, like all these different layers of my life too. Um, I was on some really hardcore depression and anxiety medication when I had my brain injury. And I had previously been diagnosed with depression in high school when my parents were going through divorce. And again, all these layers. And so I was on really, really intense medication for that stuff. And as I went through and got adjusted, it was like, I slowly weaned off of it and noticed that I didn't know that it didn't need it anymore. But at the same time, like I had previous issues with other in other areas of my life that weren't necessarily tied to this brain injury. Um, but what I've seen and what I've learned is that if the brain can properly communicate with the spine and the spine can properly communicate with the entire body, the odds of you being healthier in every single facet of your life are astronomical. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, however you want to look at it, right? And if there are blockages in the spine to where the brain can't communicate with the body and it goes on for days, months, years, that can have a toll on your emotional, physical, spiritual, mental, well, like you as a whole being. Right. And so oh, absolutely. it's, it's, again, it's, it's not as easy to say like your Atlas is out. So you're going to be depressed. Right. Right. <laughs> nothing, nothing <laughs> is that simple, but what I do know is that I've seen people with a lot of uh, been diagnosed with any different kind of mood disorder. And then when they get under care and their central nervous system is able to uh, adapt to a state of normalcy and can proper can function properly. Those people tend to feel the effects of their mental illness less, or um, it's not as intense for them. Sometimes they completely go away. Sometimes they don't like, sometimes it's like, there's some type of chemical imbalance and it doesn't matter how clear the communication is between the brain and the spine. And that's just how that person is. And that's totally okay. There's nothing wrong with them. Right. Like right. for whatever reason, that's just how they were made. That's how their body functions. And we don't, we don't want to shame those people or make them feel like there's something wrong with them because if that's how you were made, then that's how you were made. Right. Like there's no judgment right. there. 
This is awesome. This is such such great information that um, you know you're you're helping us put out. It's it's awesome. Thank yeah, you so much. I mean, no, of course. I mean, I chiropractic has helped me in so many ways in my life. I feel like I, I feel like I owe my life and my health to chiropractic. And um, my chiropractor back home like saved my life in more ways than I, than I could explain. You know, so however I can pass that gift on or share that gift with other people and you know especially like I can't tell you how many people we see who like were their last resort were like the end of the rope for them they've tried everything for years and even personally me being in that situation it's like shit man like I get that people are scared I get that you know they see these things on YouTube or, or hear people say things and uh it's it's scary for them I understand that and you know uh, <laughs> it's hard for me because I respect and understand that people are scared. And I've seen how much chiropractic has changed so many people's lives, like from the depths of hell, you know? Sure. Uh, and it, it feels like a gift to be able to just, even if just like one person to spread the news, you know, it, 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 it comes, it comes back all around for me. I will we, say uh, this. I will. Oh, go ahead, Tim. I just, no, real quick. I just wanted to say like, we always talk about, you know, sort of what you were saying with the layers, you know, there's always, there's not just one thing. There's always, you know, a combination, there's always variables. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I honestly at, you know, at, at one point didn't realize that chiropractic care could be a positive variable in it. So I think that that is part of, you know, that's part of the variable and maybe people not, not going there or, or mm -hmm. you're, you're using chiropractic care as an option. So, mm -hmm this is why it's just so important because it's another, it's another layer to it that, you know, it's yeah. another op option for people like, Hey, you know, you may have tried this. You may have tried that. Let's try this next and see what happens. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, I guess just to touch on that in a little bit of a, a, a personal way for me, I, I struggle a lot with the modernized Western medicine, big pharma, <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing uh in many ways and it's hard for don't, me because don't get will going yeah don't get me going <laughs> i'm the same but, way i mean it's 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 like gut-wrenching honestly because you know we're trying to offer people a non-invasive way that they can improve their lives and because big pharma doesn't make any money off of it we don't get commercials on tv we don't get public funding we don't get any of the recognition that we should get and even as early as in the mid-1900s the american medical association tried to tear us down left and right calling us quacks saying that what we do is bullshit etc 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 like yeah i mean it's it's been i mean and in the u.s it's better now and in other countries like where i am now in the netherlands like people here hardly even know what chiropractic is like and it's so frustrating to me because if the U.S., in my opinion, wasn't so focused on capitalism and making money and, and getting people on drugs for their entire life, and they actually gave a shit about people's health, like they would, be, they would be more open to providing the information about alternative or Eastern medicine that's been around for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Absolutely. Uh, and so it's like we're here. We feel like we're like fighting this battle of like trying to offer people something that they should already know about and that they already deserve to have. But because if we're, if we're, if chiropractors at large are super successful, 
big pharma doesn't need to be around as much because people don't need to be on as much medication because they're not in as much pain and they're not exactly. as functional, you know? And so then, you know, why would big pharma exist? And so then there's like this, this massive tension between wanting to help people, wanting to offer them a more natural approach and then feeling like we're getting punched in the face every other month by the big drug companies in the u.s basically telling us to sit down and shut up because we're not playing the way that they want us to play yeah it's really shitty yeah it is it is shitty it is shitty and i i will say this i western medicine and i've heard many people say this and i've kind of adopted this myself is that western medicine is great for very traumatic injuries like i will 100 percent. like there's a time and a place for everything and i'm yes. telling you right now if i get in a serious car accident i'm not going to see my chiropractor right like, you're going take me to the emergency room right. <laughs> you know like right again time and a place like i i want to you know back up a set like i fully appreciate western medicine for what it is and what we need it for i just think it's like an overused painkiller like a leave or advil is meant to be taken in a very acute period a very short period of time for a very specific reason it's not meant to be taken every day for like the rest of your life you know what i mean right but as we as we know too we all want the single bullet theory of you know we need one thing that fixes everything and we already sure. know that that doesn't work yeah. so this is the perfect segue to talk about exactly the type of chiropractic that you do and it's it's called and correct me if i'm wrong but network sure. spinal chiropractic analysis or is so, the analysis just part of it yeah. So it's gone through a few different layers. Um, first it was like, I actually don't remember. It was like, it was like network, network chiropractic, network chiropractic 2.0, network spinal analysis. And now we're at the point of calling it network spinal, um, okay. which just happened in the last couple of years before that. Like when I was first started in chiropractic school in uh, 2016, it was still network spinal analysis. And then maybe a year or two after I started school, it moved into its newest iteration, which is just called network spinal. Um, and that's really, uh, when Donnie makes, not makes, but when he discovers, uh, new things within the work and he transforms it and upgrades it and elevates it and it evolves, he kind of gives it a new name to, to match it with the amount of evolution that he's discovered in the work. Awesome. And I, it was funny cause I heard you describe, the first time that you saw this and you said you were shit terrified of, uh, of, 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 of what was going on. And I, I have yeah. to say, and, and I, I, you know, not to give the goop all the, you know, any, a lot of credit, but I did watch the episode for the energy experience. And mm -hmm. I, I heard somebody say that it was, it looked like an exorcism. Yeah. And I, I like every, every video I've watched with Donnie or, or when you, when you spoke, um, I, I was like, it, it really does look like an exorcism. And I suppose yeah. in a way it really is an exorcism because you're really releasing some like, and I don't look at exorcism as a bad thing. So yes, <laughs> I guess it depends on your background. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's one of my yeah. favorite movies. It's one of my favorite movies. So to, yeah. to have an experience like that would probably be pretty insane. Right. But um, so just kind of describe like, cause I, Cause I, there's some stuff like that we can sure. cover obviously, but just kind of yeah. describe to everyone yeah. what, what it is. Like, I know that there's like, and forgive me if I'm jumping all over the place. I kind of wrote some good. notes. Um, there's like a pre-check, a post-check, there's entrainment, there's all this, mm -hmm. all these yeah. 
parts to it and kind of just take our listeners through sure. sort of what what it is that it, what yeah. it really is. Sure. So for those, for everyone listening who hasn't seen Goop Lab on Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop Lab, there is an episode on there called The Energy Experience with Dr. John Amaral, who was uh, a cl- very close friend of Donnie's. He worked with Donnie from the beginning, you know, like he, he's been there for a while and he, he, he knows what's up basically. Um, and to give some background, right? Uh, chiropractic is typically viewed as a, a way of structurally realigning bones in the spine. And there's a certain amount of force that you have to introduce into someone's system in order for a bone to move. Like that's, that's pretty, that's like the, the beginning of chiropractic, like in the late 1800s when it was first founded in 1895. Right. And since then, obviously uh, a lot of science has come out, et cetera. And Donnie, Donnie Epstein founded a network, I believe in the 1980s. And he's, he dumped like a shitload of money, like millions of dollars into a lot of scientific research to back his work up. But essentially network spinal or network spinal analysis is a form of chiropractic that is very gentle and very light. And it's in many ways accessing certain parts of the spine and someone's body from an energetic lens. And so in Goop Lab, one of the things they mainly talk about or like the opening scene is like John Amaral saying that 95% of our universe is non-physical matter, which means that 5% of the entire universe is something that you can see. And so it's like immediately off the bat, you're like, you know, holy shit, there's 95% of what exists around me is stuff that I can't see. Like that's already nuts, you know? (laughs) Um, And so we get into this concept of energy which is, you know, like everything in our universe is made of energy. Like we are made of energy. The table that my laptop is sitting on right now is made of energy. And what, what makes us different is how densely packed or undensely packed we are to have our physical form. Right. And so that's interrupt you, but the cool thing is, is our words and, and our, we're exchanging energy right now. And it's amazing. Like, it's just awesome. It's just so cool that you can't, you just can't put your, can't wrap right. your brain around that. well it's, it's like physics and science and you know like when you talk about um like radio waves like radio waves and phone waves and all this shit is around us all the time we can't see any of it but we know it works because i can pick up my phone and i can facetime my mom in virginia and there she is right on my phone there's her face you know like i mean it's it's insane so um in network are we're, we're focused on the spine we're focused on everything in the spine working properly, but we do it through very gentle and very light touches. And when we have a very specific analysis that shows us what part of the spine we make an adjustment at, um, a network adjustment is called an entrainment. Um, it's this it, adjustment and entrainment are interchangeable, but we use the word entrainment because the word to entrain or entrainment means that you're, um, I believe it, it has to do with tone and the frequency of tone and you're entraining something to be at a specific tone, which could also work in the realm of music, right? Like you train sure. a guitar for a certain tone um, and are, because we are energy, different energies emit tone. It's like sound bowls, right? If yeah. you were to use, if you have like six different sound bowls, they all have a different, emit a different tone and uh, a different energy 
based on how big or small they are, right? Um, and so we make specific touches along the spine in certain areas. And those touches communicate with the brain to tell the brain to basically re release tension or stored energy in the spinal cord. And the exorcism thing you were talking about, or this, this concept of people moving on the table. So if I have stored energy or bound energy in some area of my body that's been stuck there for, we can get into that too, but from a multitude, multitude of different things, if my body finally decides to release that, my body might move because the actual tissue is releasing and unwinding, right? So sure. if I have a, a muscle that's really tight or really tightly bound or fascia or a ligament or a tendon or whatever, um, and it's been holding on to some type of energetic experience and it lets it go, literally my body's going to move because all of those uh, things I just mentioned, muscles, tendon, ligament, whatever, when they move the body moves, right? Like those things can't really move without my body moving in some way, shape or form. So no, and I can attest to this, not from the chiropractic stand, but I can attest to this through acupuncture. Cause I have a, mm -hmm. I see an acupuncturist regularly now. And yeah. I've noticed that every, every session is different. And there's been sessions where I've like needed to come home and go to sleep like and mm -hmm. or, or other ones where i've noticed just different like things like you close your eyes and you see different color pattern it's just it's it's amazing what like if you have someone who's trained in in the body enough to know that there's other things besides physical things that affect you totally we really do go through like a question and answer sort of where we talk to see where i'm at mentally and stuff so mm -hmm. it's it's so I can attest to energy just moving through your body. Yeah. Well, and, and on our new patient intake and in, for network, most network spinal doctors, their new patient intake, part of it will be physical and a lot of it is going to be mental and emotional, right? I mean, you think about um, certain energies and certain emotions that we feel and like very simply emotions that we experience have physical ramifications. Like if you think about the physical posture of being angry, right? Like you're, you kind of get hunched over your yeah. shoulders round forward, your head comes forward and you kind of close yourself off versus you think of the posture of being happy and joyful and open, right? Like your posture naturally opens, your chest is open, your spine is in a neutral position, etc. And that works spinal. And, and there, there are also other, like other techniques within the chiropractic realm that are more energetically focused, that focused on these things. Um, and many of those people worked with Donnie and then branched off and started their own thing. So it's super rad that there's a multitude of different chiropractic techniques that have maybe similar undertones, but they had some brilliant person take the work even further. Um, but the idea is that like, let's say I experienced something really traumatic, right? Like emotionally traumatic, like someone very close to me dies and I'm at a point in my life where I'm unable to properly integrate that experience because I'm too young and I just don't understand enough about life yet, or I'm really stressed out. So like, I don't have the energy to like integrate it and accept it and let it, let it go. That experience can literally get stored in your body because it's in, it's, there's energy to it. Right. And so when that happens, 
you know, like even in Goop Lab, like Julianne Huff was talking about how she had like an ankle injury to her ankle from dancing when she was 12. And she felt on the table that she was finally like letting go of that. And the the pain in her ankle went away. You know, it's like we have all these things stored in our body from our entire life's worth, worth of experience. And when they get stuck, like that can lead to dysfunction that can lead to extra stress on the nervous system that can lead to subluxations and whether it's through cognitive behavioral therapy acupuncture massage um really just like uh, letting yourself emote so like screaming crying dancing all of these things that help to move energy and we can let something like that go and it leaves our physical being we feel lighter um, our nervous system can function better. Uh, we tend to make more congruent and authentic decisions because there isn't as much shit in the way that's clouding our judgment and like our ability to connect to ourselves, right? Like we talked about in the beginning, this, this idea of, of intuitive living. Yeah. Um, there's all, I, there's all, I yeah. just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of second that I I've used the, I I've told this example on the podcast in the past that, Um, I went through a lot of traumas, uh, physical and stuff, um, up through like my really early, early years. Like my parents got divorced when I was five. I almost drowned when I was four. Mm -hmm. Um, I had some issues when I was born. I had to have my feet reset and broken so they could be cast. Like I just had, I just had a whole heap of shit that I kind of had to go through that I never really had. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't have the mentality to the process that and I remember when I was nine and it was in December and I never realized why I hated fall into winter like when it gets dark I never realized it until recent recently in the last couple years of Tim and I doing this podcast and us just hearing all these different things that I remember looking out my front room window in in December and it was somewhere between Christmas and Thanksgiving it was like in that dark time where days like 4 30 it's dark here in the states yeah yeah. and I just remember looking out and I felt this energy just kind of bump me off the chest and it just set in there and I never realized what it was until recently that it was like depression Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize what that would manifest like throughout the rest of my life because I never, you know, in my twenties, I didn't care. I was, you know, doing, playing rock and roll. And I just kind of, maybe it was more of avoidance than anything else, but mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm really fascinated by energy getting trapped in your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, it's, it's, oh God, it's so much of our society and so much of our culture, like once proof. Like I want proof and scientific data and tangible whatever to, to be able to show what's happening and what happened to me. And it's like, even with a concussion, the majority of concussions that people get aren't structural concussions. Like there's not actual damage to the brain. It's more functional. Um, and you can't see that on an MRI. You can't see that in an x-ray. It's not like you just broke your arm and you put that shit in a cast and you wait eight weeks and you're good to go. Right. Like there are so many things that we experience as human beings that we can only explain or that people can like literally see on us. Like if, if I'm depressed, someone else can notice that. Right. But other than, and then, then 
you know, taking a test to see how much serotonin I have present in my body, which also isn't the best indicator for that either. Like there's, there's so many things that we can't see and it makes it hard for people to understand or respect or accept whatever that is. Right. And so when you start talking about energy, you know, people are like, what are you talking about? Like they, it's so hard for them to wrap, to wrap their, their minds around it. Right. Um, And in in the Western culture, I mean, we put so much like emphasis on physical things. Like mm -hmm. it's more important to buy something that you can actually hold in your hand rather than spend money on art or spend, you know what I mean? Where things aren't so tangible, but they're necessary. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, I think that's another reason why it's hard for people to get into acupuncture or again, any, any alternative type of even seeing like a naturopathic doctor versus a medical doctor, right? Like a naturopathic doctor will treat you with herbs and supplements and like things that grow from the earth and things that are already present in your body. You know, like, I mean, there's, there's a ton of shit I could say. There's a myriad. Yeah. There's a myriad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, we've been trained to think that those things are weird. I was just, I was, I was just going to say that pretty much the exact same thing. It's, and it, which kind of goes back to, you know, again, why people don't kind of take these avenues because we've all been indoctrinated that, you know, they, there, there's no need for these things and and they don't work. You know, there's no tangible evidence. and And it blows my mind because at the end of the day, it's like, if you look like, humans are a part of nature. Like we are nature the same way that any other animal or any other species or any other plant is like every single thing on that's living in on the planet has some type of organization to it. Right. And we are a part of that. And so the fact that we don't look to that first as some type of cure or some type of health help blows my mind. Like we, we reach for something that's man-made like like we we think that our our logical mind is smarter than like mother <laughs> nature or smarter than whatever it was that created all of us and it's like i don't care what you say like there's nothing that's ever going to convince me that my logical mind is smarter than the brilliance that's inside my body that works every second to keep me alive and do all the stuff that it does like there's no way there's no way mm-hmm. Wow. Well said. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, a be- you're a beautiful ambassador for your, for your chosen field, for sure, man. This is amazing. Thanks. I mean, I, it's also just health, like health in general, like this concept of health and like people don't even know what the word health means, which, and it's not even their fault. It's just, we don't talk about it. Like we don't talk about what health is and how to take care of yourself and how to have healthy habits. And we don't talk about the fact that your spine is important. Like people don't even know what the hell a spinal cord is, you know? And it's like, this is the thing that's like governing your life. And it's just, I mean, in my opinion, it's because we, we just don't educate on it. Like it's not part of our like upbringing in public school or where, whatever, right? Like Bingo, never, bingo, never, bingo. Never in my life during health classes all through public schooling. And I went, I like went, I was in phenomenal public school, like top 25 in the country, public schooling system outside Washington, DC. And we never talked about like where our life force comes from, what our body is made out of, how to take care of it, how to fuel it, how to recover, like nothing. None of that was ever talked about. 
exactly. And that's why, again, I think in, in, a, in, a, in a way, I think people actually get what they want because they don't, they don't know any of this stuff. And a lot, you know, it kind of goes back to what um, you guys were talking earlier about. Um, I forget, I forget the actual conversation, but it, it had a lot to do with comfort. People want that comfort. They, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't want solution-based things. They don't want to get better. They really don't want to put in the work. They just want to pill yeah. and go, yeah, this is supposed to make me feel better. That's it. Yeah. It's like, totally. it's not that it's a variable of, of this. It's a variable of, of it's, it's money management. It's food management. It's, it's, it's time management. It's sleep. It's, it's all these things yeah. and balancing them and, and just trying to stay again, healthy. But if they don't know what healthy is, exactly. you know, they, they know what the TV tells them and they know what social media tells them, but you know, God forbid they put in some work and uh, you know, have some discipline to, to actually achieve this. For sure. We taught like, for me, that's a big piece of what we do is like the, the accountability and the responsibility on the end of the patient. Right. If, yes. If, yes. If, if I'm, if, if I'm a, if I'm a medical doctor and I'm prescribing people medication and, and again, this is not a knock saying that this is what every medical doctor is like, and this is what all Western medicine is like, cause that's not true either, but okay. Let's say I'm a patient. Right. And I have something wrong with me and I go to a medical doctor or go to a white coat, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and I have something, I have something wrong with me and they prescribe me a pill then. And I have that done multiple times throughout my life. I'm now believing, or I've been conditioned to believe that in order for me to be healthy and okay, I have to rely on another human being who apparently knows better than I do about my own body. And so what drives me crazy about this is that as a chiropractor, if I'm doing my job correctly, you should have to see me less and less as your life goes on. Because <laughs> I've educated you, I've empowered you, I've made you realize the importance of accountability and responsibility in your own health. Like I cannot fix you. And so many people want to be fixed. Oh man, this they is want- awesome. I love it. it. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible, honestly. I, it is, no, it's it, terrible, but I love that you're saying No, that I hear you. I hear you. It's so, I, I've, I've said these exact same things and, and, and yes, you can, you gotta have, but at the same time, there's, there's gotta be accountability for the, on the other end, like the, the, the medical professionals have to, you know, give out this kind of information, you know, and, but they don't. and so then how do you know well, what to do? Well, you know, what's funny though, is I was on that same page. I was like, none of them do. And, you know, but we had, um dr russ on from canada anxiety doctor and he's an md and 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 we kind of touched on this and i said you know it's funny because nobody nobody talks about taking like supplements and like increasing their immune system and and he said Mm -hmm. well he said well we 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 have tried that in the past but people don't want to listen they don't listen so we just we give them what they want which is kind of what i said earlier it's like so it's on it, it is on definitely on both ends for sure but yeah. you know, at the very least, that we should be educated on this yeah. stuff. And Will and I both have always, always said this from day one: is you have to be your own advocate. You know, it's like you can't go, like you said, you can't, you know, take some advice from somebody about what's going on inside of you when number one, they haven't asked all the right questions, mm-hmm. and you know, it too, it's like you're just you're just trusting it. You're just going to let it. Okay, well, this is what he says, but. I'm just going to let it happen. Okay. You know, yeah. she gave me this. So I'm going to, okay, I'll try yeah. this. And, and to me, that's the sad part is that you, 
not you, but like the collective you, like someone in that position is at such a point in their life where they feel like in order for them to be okay, they have to trust what somebody else is telling them to do with their own body and their own life. And it's like, you know, it's important that we meet people where they're at, right? If someone's depressed and in in an abusive partnership and has four kids and three jobs, it's like, I'm not going to tell them the first time they come in that they need to be personally responsible and accountable sure. for their health. Like, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's obviously, uh, again, layers to that, but you know, we've, and I've seen it too, like people who j- are in a place in their life where they're, they're not ready to take that step. They're not ready to be personally accountable. They're not ready to be responsible, to make the decisions they need to make to, end that relationship, to quit that job, to make changes with their diet, whatever it is, those people typically don't stay under chiropractic care because it's too hard for them to make those choices. And the more that they get adjusted and the more connected to themselves they feel, it's it's too hard for them. They're not, yeah. ready. They're, they're not ready to do it. And that's okay too, right? Like, right. No, I mean, you're right. That's, all a important, that's an important aspect of it for sure. So I'm glad you said that. I wanted to share this with you too, because you just kind of set off a light bulb because I, I, and I, I go through these phases too, where I'm in really good. I like, I work towards really good health and I feel really good. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden something derails it. And I wonder if it's fear of, of, of being connected to yourself at some point, like when you start to really feel connected to yourself, you're like, shit, shit, I gotta, I gotta actually step up and make like, so, and it just dawned on me that, you know, every time you get to a certain point, you're just scared. Well, I think it creates, fear. I think, it, you know, for me, at least it's like you get over two or three hurdles, but when you do that, you, you're actually noticing that there's like 50 more hurdles in front of you. You know what I mean? For every one or two that you jump over, they like multiply and you're, you open up an, uh, another door with more hurdles. So it's like, yeah, you know, but just, it can again, be really scary. Oh, yes, absolutely. It can. absolutely. You know, like if, if, if you, if you've spent 20 years of your life stuck in some type of pattern, whatever it may be, and then all of a sudden you start to make changes that are good for you, but then all this new shit pops up that you've never had to deal with before. And you're like, exactly going, exactly. what the hell is happening? That That's why I think really hard. Ed- education, I think is key on that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe and- not, it, it, you know, maybe not so much where it's like they, they know exactly what to do, but it's something that they may have heard of before. And they, Oh, I remember somebody talking about this and okay. You know what I mean? So it, it won't be totally foreign as like you said, like you, no one ever said anything about the spinal cord, you know, where that was just completely foreign. And it was, and for me, it was as well, you know, not mm-hmm. saying anything bad about chiropractic care, but I just didn't totally know. I had no idea how much this is input. I mean, how important this really is. Yeah, you know? feeling, well, feeling good is a foreign language to most of us mm-hmm. because most of us have come to a baseline of, you know, where we think we feel good or where. So we we live in this like sort of like blind, you know, blind and, you know, I lost the word that I was looking for, but we sort of find this blind allegiance to to our path just because it's comfortable and comfortable. Nice. Being comfortable is Totally. Is, is, is the death mill for everybody including you know and 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 i'm i'm no different like i you know dude same like <laughs> I, like you know i mean i i know all these things right and so <laughs> health 
the definition of a health is the ability to adapt. So it's health is your body's ability to adapt to both internal and external stressors. So the healthier that we are, that means that we are better able to adapt to internal and external stressors, right? And so that's on a constant continuum and a constant spectrum, right? Like there's, there's never, every single decision that we make about everything in our lives can either move us a, like a little bit one way or a little bit the other day on or other way on that, that spectrum of health. And so, right? I mean, I can sit here and talk about all this stuff and like, I know this stuff in my being and I still go through all this stuff too. Like we're also human. Right. And so that, that's another piece of like being a doctor or being a practitioner, the word doctor in Latin literally means teacher, right? Like I went to school to become a teacher in the nervous system. Like that's how I view my job. Like it is my job to educate as many people as possible on what the nervous system does, how it can function at its best. And then whatever choices those people want to make for themselves, for their lives, for their children, for their family is on them, right? Like I want people to feel empowered to make those decisions, empowered to make those choices because they they're like in a place where they can do that. Right. Versus like, they're so checked out of their own life because they're so miserable and so disconnected from themselves that they're just meandering along the path. But having that type of awakening and like coming home to yourself in that way or waking up in that way where you realize like, oh my God, like I have authority over my own life. Mm-hmm. Like not only can that be terrifying, like in the best way possible, it's so scary. It's because, very like, scary. <laughs> when does that happen? You know, like, like how often does that happen in your life where you have this moment of like, wow, oh my God, like this, Unfortun- this is mine. Unfortunately, you know? usually it's usually it's too late when that happens. Yeah, or for sure. Or it's uh, or it's an injury or an act. You know what I mean? It's usually something traumatic that happens that as long as you're welcome, welcoming to opening up because you got to be you got to be open. And speaking exactly. of being open, I got to ask you this because we've yeah. been talking a lot about the energy field. And, mm-hmm. and if you watch any of the videos that we, that we referenced, I noticed that it, a lot of this work is like four to six feet off the body and, mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And I, I'm really curious to know, is our energy field within our arm's reach or does it extend past that? Can we extend the energy field past that? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm really curious to know what your, what your thoughts are and sure. what you've found. So typically speaking, we all have an energy field that emits five feet off of us in every direction. So if I come within five feet of somebody, my energy and their energy are already having a conversation, which is why, you know, like maybe when you're a teenager or something, or you don't even have to be a teenager, but at some point in your life, you've been around somebody, you've been close enough to them be like, oh man, I don't like that vibe. Like they don't feel good to me, you know, that's essentially what you're feeling. And I know that that, that energy field can be diminished. Um, Like it can be like two feet in one direction and five feet in another direction, et cetera. Uh, And I think, I think in my personal opinion, that's based on your health. Like if, if you are healthy and um, vibrant and your energy is flowing, then your energy field around you is going to be larger where likewise, if, like, so my liver is under my rib cage on the right side of my, my torso. If my liver is super overly taxed because I drink a lot of alcohol, the 
the likelihood of my energetic field on that side of my body being diminished is probably going to be pretty high. Um, and so in, in the work specifically, so with Dr. John on, on goop lab, he definitely does a lot of work off the body. And that's like a very trained skill that takes many, many years to be able to, to feel and play with, um, in the actual work of network spinal 95% of what we do is on the physical body. Um, he's just like, some of that too, is him just doing his own thing based on his years of practice and what he's learned. Um, but generally speaking, like you can have a, like an energetic conversation or have an energy exchange with somebody up to being within five feet of them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I, I, that's, I was curious about that. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I, I'm just thinking about some like personal experiences that I've had where I felt energy. And I know that certain practices that I, that I unfortunately don't keep up do really help with expanding my energy and and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I put on an energetic shield every single morning before I go to work because I can feel everything from everybody. And if I I don't put, if I don't put, I actually pretend that it's a Patronus (laughs) and it's covering my entire body (laughs) in a a bubble. Um, And part of that is so that I don't take on other people's energy. And part of it too, is so that I don't give mine away because if, you know, I see dozens of people in a day and I don't protect my own energy, I'm going to come home and be like, Oh my God, I can't move. I just gave all my energy away to everybody all day, you know? Um, And so, like you said, well, there's a lot of effort that goes into trying to protect my energy, protect myself from other people's energy and like not because people are bad but because women and Mm. like you know some of the guys won't really say anything you know too uh too out there and and women are just like some of them right off the rip you know touch hole moist you know the whole we've had a whole gamut of stuff some people are really really not cool with the word moist and i find it really interesting that word does not bother (laughs) me at all Oh, I really yeah. just like the word cunt for obvious reasons. Okay. Um, and any other derogatory, racist, homophobic, whatever. <laughs> any of those sure. words drive me yeah. fucking crazy, right? Okay. But, um, yeah, fuck has to be. I think, I think fuck is my favorite. <laughs> it's so, it's so descriptive in so many ways. It covers so many yeah. emotions. It's amazing. <laughs> it really does. And it it does. really does. And you really, have you seen the Netflix series, the, the swear word Netflix thing? that Nicolas no, Cage host. So. Yeah, there's a mm. Netflix. There's, it's like our swear words. and it The history. Like, I think it's the, the history, history of swear of... words or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, you got to check that out. So pretty funny. Next question is cat, dog, or mm. other? I grew up with cats. Um, so I've been a cat person my whole life, but my wife is a dog person. So this is a conversation we have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. I like cats because they're independent and self-sufficient. And if you like want to go on a vacation, you don't really have to worry about them too much. Um, but unless you get a cat that acts like a dog, then like you, if you're cuddly and like want to play fetch, like a dog is cool, but uh, it's hard. I wish we could just like combine them and make a, you know, like a cartoon, like cat dog or something yeah. but, <laughs> right? that, right. that had like the independence of a cat. 
but the the cuddliness of a dog or something. Fernando, I, we have a, I'm we have a cat, so I take it you don't have any pets currently, because obviously you just right now. Like no, you just moved recently, exactly, and, and you yeah, made a big but, move. I did make a huge move. Hawaii huge to move, Amsterdam man. was not a joke. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the last one um, is what if you could do anything for mental health as a whole mm. without any restraints, what would it be? You know, it's funny. My, my gut reaction to that was to make everybody happy, but I actually don't know if that's true because I think that we find so much meaning in life from our pain and from our wounds and the wounds that we have are able to become our gifts if we allow them to, and if we're willing to do the work. So um, I think that I, I would, I would want people to just have answers. I'd want to provide some type of hope and faith and education and knowledge to people so that they can better understand their situation or better understand a family member's situation or whatever the case may be. You know I mean? I had, I've had, uh, multiple like suicide issues in my family growing up and, um, a lot of mental health issues as well. And I often just remember, you know, in many ways like cancer, it's like, I just like, how can we provide people with more information so that they don't feel so lost or, um, there's more understanding around like why something is happening. And I think like this might sound nerdy, but bringing it back to chiropractic for me, chiropractic answers a lot of un- like a lot of unknowns and a lot of questions that I have about the human body and why things happen the way that they do and why we develop disease and how we can be healthy. And um, I think for mental health specifically, people just like, don't want to feel alone. They don't want to feel crazy. They don't want to feel like there's something wrong with them, you know? And so I think if just at large, we could provide people with more knowledge and information so that they, they felt a little more seen and a little more loved and a little more understood that just in general, that would make an epic impact. 